This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. Now, an in-depth look at the news and information shaping our community. This is Moose Talks with your host, Doug Craig on Moose FM. Good morning and welcome to another episode of the show. It's a bit of a sports-themed episode today, so later on we'll be talking to Jessica Bacante from the In Canoe Swim Club about their search for a new head coach and the challenges they've had in that search so far. But first, Haley Duchak has been in our news a lot in the past year as we've followed her career as a rugby player and as an advocate for making the game more accessible for people to play right here in Fort St. John in the North Peace. So we're so glad she found some time in her busy schedule to chat with us today. We're joined now by Haley Duchak. Haley, welcome to Moose Talks. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. <laughs> Thanks so much for being here. Uh, so let's start kind of at the beginning of this whole journey, which I think is fairly well known by now. But uh, rugby, how did you get interested in it? Where did that come from? So in 2016, I was watching the Summer Olympics uh, when Rugby Sevens was first debuted. Uh-huh. And the last time Rugby Sevens was an Olympic sport was in 1924. Oh, yeah. So I was sitting with my parents, you know, and I turned to them because I knew they played in the late 1900s. So I was like, you know, (laughs) do you think I could play this game? And we watched every single game and our Canadian women's got bronze. Yeah. So that was super exciting. And then in 2018, I was leaving Spring League basketball and my dad noticed rugby on the pitch at the high school. And we went over there and my dad knew a few of the coaches uh, and just from there watching them grow and play and the fast passing and the tackling, uh-huh. I was just hooked. Um, I was in grade eight, 12 years old, you know, tiny and just so excited by this amazing game. Uh-huh. So I played football when I was younger, you know, full pads, full equipment. Uh, I'll admit full on that, uh, I had some friends who played rugby and it terrified me because it was <laughs> like football but without the pads in a lot of ways. They're still hitting each other, still tackling. Um, was that sort of a, a selling feature for you? Like, I, you know, yeah. there's a little bit of fun violence in <laughs> yeah. this sport? Yeah, well, it's a definitely a great stress relief for me. Yeah. You know, a little bit cheaper than therapy. At least I like to think. <laughs> um, but it's a great way to let out your aggressions yeah. without getting in trouble. Uh-huh. So were you able to start playing kind of right then and there soon after? Did you have to wait till you were old enough? How did that work? So originally we only had a U18 club and high school team. Uh-huh. And since I was only 12, you know, I was yeah. a little, I was smaller. I was just too young to play yeah. in the U18 category. So I was the water girl for uh, two years. Okay, so you did start doing stuff with the club, yeah. kind of. So to I, pra- watch I practiced with the team, and I went to all the games. I traveled with the team. I went to camps and all, like everything, to just try and get better and be able to be, you know, a good player when I'm finally able to play. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I do want to come back to this for a second. You mentioned rugby sevens, right? Was kind of your first exposure to it. There's sort of two. And I know there's probably more than this, but there's two kind of major versions of the game, right? Because the sevens is, well, you tell me, explain kind of what the big difference is between the rugby you might see on TV played, like kind of at big international competitions. And as you say, the sevens you see, uh, you know, at the Olympics in 2016. 
Yeah, so Sevens is a bit more fast-paced. It's only 14 minutes long. The whole game is done in those probably 15 minutes. Um, there's only seven people aside. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have three people in the scrum and then four backs. And it's just super about speed, agility, and you know getting that pass out to the wing and seeing who can make a line break. And then there's 15s, which I prefer yeah. as a you know, person that likes hitting. Um, <laughs> 15s is 80 minutes long. There's 15 people per side, eight forwards, and seven backs. I see. And so just with that, it's a bit more crashing, a little bit more contact. But you get a lot of breaks in it because there's a lot of, uh, foul- I don't want to say fouls, but uh, interceptions and... Okay. Um, knock-ons and all that so there's a lot more stoppages in play usually in a, yeah in a... well you got double the amount of players yeah. on each side so there's got to be a bit more mistakes mm-hmm. is sevens played on the same sort of pitch yep so okay. the pitch is exactly the same uh there's nothing different just how many people are on the pitch i see okay and the the kind of the sport as we do it in fort st john when you join a rugby team can you do do they usually have both where they'll sometimes play sevens but then other times play 15s or is it the game's different enough that you kind of have to have different teams to be um or different leagues even (laughs) there's we always try for 15s yeah uh it just depends on what our numbers like how much people we have in order to play uh obviously i would prefer if we had enough people for 15s but just even playing sevens, you get a whole grasp on the game, and then you're good to go for whatever rugby games you might endure in your future. Okay. So rules are basically the same, then, is what I'm getting. Yeah. It's just how many players you have on the field. And as such, the nature of the game changes a little bit the way it's played. Okay. Yep. Um, what's the rugby team t- kind of scene like here in town in BC when you're starting out? You mentioned there's kind of the under 18 high school team. Was that kind of what there was at the moment? Like when, yeah, you started so out? that's all that there was when I very first started, uh, we're slowly growing. We had a girls and boys high school team. Um, this spring we started in February. There was girls from grade 10 to 12 boys, same thing, 10 to 12, uh, even my little sister, who's in grade eight, joined uh-huh. us for practices, even though she wasn't allowed to play because she's in the same boat as I was. Yeah. Um, hopefully, we'll attend zones and possibly provincials next year. Um, we'll have to beat Williams Lake in order to go. But, you know, positive thinking on that will happen. Absolutely. Um, for club, we tried to run practices over the summer, but it always fizzles out with, you know, teenagers having jobs, uh, work, uh, holidays and (laughs) such a short season season that we don't really do much playing time in the summer. Yeah. Um, we try and rub run club practices in September in order to prepare for a sevens tournament in Kamloops during Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. If you're interested, watch the peace rugby, uh, social media pages. Um, we're looking for U14, U16, U18 players, boys and girls, to play for either Peace Rugby or the Matrix. Um, right now, we're trying to get a rookie rugby program started, which might come into effect in the spring, hopefully. Uh, I know for sure my mom and I got a grant to promote rugby in elementary kids 
So we're going to start off with Adam Roberts Young Elementary School in the spring as well. So we're going to oh, work okay. on that. So introducing the game to younger kids, you know, we'll just play touch or flag and just do some rookie rugby. From there, we play high school. Um, then from there, you go into club. And then from club, you play in PRCs. From PRCs, which is Provincial Regional Championships. Yeah. And then from there, you get selected for Team BC. And then from Team BC, you hopefully get selected for Canada West mm-hmm. team. So, okay. yeah. Um, my immediate thought is, I guess, the challenge then in the North, as you say, the short playing season, as compared to, say, players in the South who have much longer Maybe the town doesn't empty out as much in the summer because, well, everyone travels in that short time like they do here. Is that a big challenge, you think, for, for rugby here and for rugby players, that there's just not not nearly as much time for them to train and play outside because, well, our winter is six or seven months yeah, long? Yeah, for sure. I think that it's definitely a dif- disadvantage for us. Yeah. Um, we try and make the best of it. We have indoor pitch times from February to the snow melts, which mm-hmm. is practically May long. And then right from May long, we're playing. Okay. So, and then we try and use all the way up to October with practices and games and trying to get to those places. Um, definitely the South has a advantage having nicer weather for longer periods of time, yeah. which is unfortunate for us, but you know, it makes us stronger in the end game. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to make sure we talked about this too. Um, you kind of touched on it already, but you and your mom, who's just off camera here, are very involved in making these things happen since you showed a big interest in this, right? Um, you mentioned there wasn't a girls' rugby team at the time, right? When you kind of, or there wasn't much going on with it. So you, you kind of helped revitalize that with your interest. Is, is that a fair thing to say, would you say? Yeah. I mean,. I think that it would be, even if I showed interest in a different sport, we'd try and make the best for everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but other sports, I, I would say, are more established already in this town. Sure. This one wasn't. So it's you guys have helped make leap, leaps and strides in this becoming a bigger thing, haven't you? Yeah, for sure. Uh, we were one of the first, cl- one of the top 10 clubs to get back right after COVID for the Return to Play program. Mm-hmm. And we really pushed for making sure that we had a season this uh spring summer okay what is what is it what do you feel inside when you see the work that you guys have put in and you're seeing these things kind of these accomplishments come through and maybe you're even thinking as you move on and and kind of the bigger things seeing the program continue as you know kind of without your influence as much because you know um, you're moving out of high school. Now. What what do you feel inside? How does that make you feel to know that you've you've made an impact in that way on a sport that you love so much? I'm super proud. I'm just so happy that you know other people are able to experience my passion, mm-hmm. something that I love to do. You know, without rugby, I wouldn't be the person that I am, and so I'm just excited to give other people that op- same opportunity that I've had. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's go to what's next. Uh, we reported on the news this morning. You're going to Los Angeles at the end of the month. You're going yeah. to Shawnigan Lake first, I guess, on the island for training. Tell us a bit about that and sort of what's next for you, you know, with Team BC and, and, and kind of your career as a rugby player. <laughs> so after L.A., I'll come back home, maybe. And... Uh, <laughs> 
I we're gonna do fall practices in order for preparation for Kamloops Thanksgiving Sevens tournament, mm-hmm. and then this is peace rugby you're talking yes. about. Yeah, okay. For me personally, hopefully universities mm-hmm. are gonna start. You know, I'm in grade twelve, so you know, starting to look at those universities, seeing what programs I like and which. Uh, you're going into grade twelve, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you still have another year of high school. All right. A few months. Okay. <laughs> I like to think of it. Fair point. <laughs> but that could be the next thing then. It's yeah. kind of university recruitment into, into maybe rugby. I assume you'd want to keep playing at that yeah, level. Yeah, for eight. sure. Um, there's also talk of Canada U18 team building. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now they're looking for a coach, so we don't have a program yet. There's a boys program, but not a girls program. Mm-hmm. So just waiting to hear about that is kind of where I'm at. Just waiting for some updates. <laughs> uh, other than that, just simple club things, uh, some high school practices starting up after Christmas, mm-hmm. and then do the whole thing all over again. Awesome. Well, Haley, I really appreciate you taking a few minutes to chat with us about this. Uh, again, I feel like every other week we've got a story about you and rugby <laughs> that we've been talking about. So it's been very cool to meet you and have you come here. And I hope you'll come back again and oh, hey, we'll sure. talk about your uh, university career the next <laughs> time you're here. So Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Haley, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. You're very welcome. That's Haley Duchak, a local rugby player and advocate here on Moose Talks. Welcome back to the show. I'm Dub Craig. Well, as we said earlier on, the Incanoo Swim Club is looking for a new head coach. We've heard there's some coaching shortages in swimming really across the country, and so that's making it a challenge. So to talk about that and all things with the Incanoo Swim Club, we're joined now by the secretary of the board with Incanoo, Jessica Bacante. How's it going today, Jessica? Good. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much for taking some time uh, to chat with us this morning. Thanks Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. So, as I said, uh, Josh Sorensen, the uh, head coach, he's moving on to a new position uh, kind Mm -hmm. of in eastern Canada. Um, I thought we could start kind of about uh, talking a bit about his time with the club, if you wanted. You know, what's that been like and what's kind of the shoes the next person has to step into here? Um, So Josh joined us about two years ago. Um, We were actually really excited when his resume came across through our email. I actually was like, is this spam? Like, does this person (laughs) actually want to come up here? Um, But he's actually been really great. He's younger, um, but he really came in and just made an impact with our kids from the littlest, you know, learning to swim kids right up to the older ones, which has been really great. Um, And he's really just kind of, I don't know, done a lot of good kids for our kids, got or um, got them into some really good places um, Mm -hmm. with their times and things like that. So it's been really great. I have to say, like with our first guests, um, when swim season was on and active, I I felt like every week we were talking about the accolades of the (laughs) swimmers within Canoe and the various tournaments you're at. So um, you just mentioned to me right off mic, though, I mean, without knowing all the history of the club, you also had some coaches before, Josh, who were around a long time beforehand. So you're kind of in... New, you're in a new situation here because finding a coach hasn't been a real issue until right now, basically, eh? Uh, yeah, so we did have um, a family that were kind of long coaching members of our club, um, the Sedonic family, Steve mm-hmm. and Nicole. And then, unfortunately, um, Nicole passed away of cancer, and then shortly after, he passed away of a heart attack. So yeah. that was quite tragic to our club um they weren't the head coaches but they were just kind of some long-standing figures in our club uh they gave some nice continuity yeah um and then kind of since then we we had a great head coach at the time and then he 
you know, moved on for some other reasons. And since then we've kind of had a turnaround. It's hard to find, you know, to bring someone up here for swimming when we don't have a giant pool or, you know, certain facilities around us, it's kind of tough to find someone to come from out of town for that reason. And you kind of need that to be their full-time job. Um, I see. So yeah, it has been a little tough. Okay. Sure. Well, I mean, let's get right into it that. I mean, you mm-hmm. mentioned it's it's been a challenge. Is that part of it, as you say, like, not to draw in the pool debate into this a bit, <laughs> but as the age of the pool, is that sort of part of the problem that, that, that makes it difficult? Or is it, as you say, this has to be a full-time job for somebody to want to come up here and maybe in canoe swimming doesn't have a full-time does it need a full-time coach i suppose hey yeah well we actually um we do have the ability to pay a full-time coach um so that is something it's just a matter of bringing someone from a place like the okanagan or the lower mainland or calgary you kind of need someone who's ready to make a jump and i think a lot of people maybe don't really know or want to you know realize what they could have up here because it is affordable and things like that Um, in terms of the pool we definitely this year definitely hurt us um, because we you know we're out for close to a month between all the shutdowns and the extra week and the maintenance and yeah I mean I wouldn't say that's been a factor up to this thus far but it certainly didn't help us this year you know kind of with you know, it's frustrating for Josh, I think, when he would have a plan and then we'd be shut down and shut yeah. down. And we know that the new pool is hopefully on its way, but it's still years away. So that definitely is something that's not an attractive feature right now, I mm-hmm. guess, to draw people here at the moment. Is there uh, is there something about a new pool that, you know, in consultations with the city that in canoe would say, you know, we'd really like this or more space so that we can have more practice time. Is that sort of part of this as well? Yeah, absolutely. We, I mean, we've, our dream is to see a 50 meter pool here. Um, Our kids, typically the competition in the latter half of the year is all done in 50 meter pools and our kids don't ever practice in one. They just go and compete. Um, And it's a very different style of swimming than a 25 meter pool where you're flipping every 25 meters, you push off the wall and instead of swimming that whole 50, um, so we, we would love to see a 50-meter pool, um, and something with a moving bulkhead, because then they can split it up into two or three spaces for lessons or public swim. Um, that's the dream. Um, but at the minimum, we're just hoping to have um, regulation lanes, you know, lanes and hopefully maybe 10 lanes instead of the six we have, because um, it is. It's tough. We have a growing community, and people want their kids in lessons, and they want public swim, and we're fighting for club time. So I know it's a lot to balance um, in terms of that kind of a thing. So that's been kind of an ongoing going struggle with the club is just time to practice because the pool is busy because of so many people using it yeah absolutely that's been something that we've had to kind of which you know i understand is any sport when you're a growing community i've heard the same thing with ice allocation and things like that so it is something we understand the pool's been great at you know doing that we have a great schedule um going in for next year we just don't have a coach to coach it right now so okay yeah. Well, let's go back to the head coaching uh, search for a job. Um, in the story we did earlier this week on energeticcity.ca, I think you and Josh were quoted in the story. And and apparently this is a problem everywhere. It's hard to find qualified swim coaches, and there's lots of positions open. And it's not just in you know a city like Fort St. John. There's Mm -hmm. an opening in Victoria, I think Sorensen said. There's an opening in Fort McMurray. Mm -hmm. There's just not enough swim coaches. Do you know why that is? Is it just the sport's growing faster than they can have qualified people to kind of teach it and coach it? Um, I'm not too sure. I can't speak too much to that. Um, I do, 
Yeah, I'm not really sure. I don't know if it's just kind of a, you know, maybe with COVID over the last couple of years, there's been a lag or people yeah. were out of the pool and have moved, moved on to other things. I know we were really fortunate here. We were able to keep swimming um, kind of through the 2020-21 season, but not mm. a lot of places yeah. did. Um, so it might have caused people who maybe lost their job to just move on and maybe they found something else. Yeah, that's kind of just my own thought process. I'm really not sure, but I, I do understand that it is several places right now that are looking um, for coaches. Although there are some, you know, Grand Prairie has a really strong club. They have coaches that have been there for years. Um, there are some really great clubs going still. So mm-hmm. that's good. Is it, and I don't know if you want to sell me this <laughs> for sure, but <laughs> is it that you're talking to people, maybe jobs are being offered and they're going somewhere else because maybe it's Victoria, as we kind of alluded to earlier, or the money's better or whatever. Is that happening? Has that been a problem? That um, Actually, our money is probably one of the better ones. It's, okay. um, that's probably the only drawing feature because we are able to offer quite a bit more money than some of the clubs down south. However, you know, we've got feedback from certain people who have reached out to or they're just like, I really want to stay in the Okanagan. Yeah. I don't want to deal with that long driving. I don't want to deal with yeah. the extra flying. Like I'd like to be more central. I don't want to be where it's cold. Um, so those are, you know, the kind of things we hear. It'd be a great place for someone to start out and, you know, put five years in and save some money and get some experience head coaching because that wouldn't be possible in Cologne or Victoria for someone young um, and then move on from here. So that's one thing we think we have to offer. And we really want someone who can come in and just, you know, we can help them create their vision, try out their coaching methods and things like that. I mean, if someone in the community is an ex-swimmer, it is, you know, not that hard to actually get qualified. So we're we're trying to spread the word in case there's someone, you know, there might be people who don't know we have a swim club if they don't have kids and things like that. So Mm -hmm. you never know who's hiding. So we hope we get a coach in time for this season, but it mm-hmm. is August. Mm-hmm. What happens if we don't? Um, I, th- I think, uh, again, the article quoted a maintenance program that the swimmers in the club would go into. Tell us a bit about what that means. Yeah, so we've kind of made a backup plan for now. We do have coaches. It's not that we don't have coaches. We just yeah. don't have someone who can commit the time. I mean, my son is 12, turning 13, and he swims, I think it's like 10 hours a week. Mm-hmm. That's not the top group. So it is a big commitment and meets and things like that. So right now we've kind of merged our older kids into one maintenance group where they'd swim maybe seven hours a week, Mm -hmm. um, which is quite a lot less than those big kids should be swimming to stay competitive. Um, And it would just be kind of a swim for exercise program. And then every group would kind of scale back a little bit too, just for us to be able to make it work with what we have. Um, we're scared to lose our pool time. That's one thing we're not really, you know, wanting to give back all that pool time and, and maybe not get it back again. I see. Um, and I know my son is quite competitive right now and he's mm. not, not happy at all with this prospect. So, I mean, for some kids, it might be just great, just swim for exercise. I mean, we might be able to bring in some other kids that way. Um, but you know, we have had a wait list for the last couple of years too. That's been tough because they're just, we'd like to grow our club and we just keep hitting these roadblocks and this is going to be another one. Um, if this is the route we go, we've also looked into, um, potentially like a satellite coach who can, you know, consult with us and potentially come up here for a couple of weeks here and there and then do like a remote program. But, mm-hmm. you know, it'll be tough to keep kids motivated without that on deck, um, yeah. coach. And Josh is really great for that because he is connected with the kids and they're laughing and had theme practices and 
you know, that makes a difference for sure. Yeah, you can't quite use that to replace a coach being here in the pool no, or at the pool with the kids. Not at all. No. So, I mean, it's kind of like, a, you know, we can maybe limp through a year like this, but past that, then we'd have to kind of really reevaluate everything because, you know, we're going to lose those upper kids because you're at a bit of a crossroads in terms of how much do you keep investing yeah. um, if they can't, you know, achieve their goals anymore in the sport. So it is a bit of a tough situation to be in for yeah, sure yeah absolutely well uh i really appreciate you jessica taking a few minutes to kind of dive into what dive in i apologize uh, explain <laughs> <Excuse> the <pun. laughs> explain the situation a little more and uh good vibes to you and the team hopefully maybe uh, something will happen in the next few weeks and we'll have a coach in place and yeah. uh, things will work out so We're thank hoping. you for coming by and talking to me about this today i appreciate it yeah thanks for having us thank you you're very welcome that's uh, jessica bacante with the uh, in canoe swim club here in town Thanks for listening to this energeticcity.ca podcast. Energeticcity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to energeticcity.ca slash join.